morning. So the practice this morning will be opening to a very specific kind of practice that we've been to some degree building up for all week. <coughs> a practice that's called and known as metta-vipassana, which is a practice that I've, I've learned many years ago from one of my primary teachers, Stephen Smith, and it comes from the Burmese tradition. And it's a way of working with experience that's rooted in metta. So there's a way in which we have been able to see our experience and and hopefully see and to feel into and acknowledge the possibility of experiencing present time experience through a, a lens or filter of ease, of a sense of kindness towards ourselves and towards what arises. And the reason why I find it to be so helpful, and it's really been my primary practice for a number of years, is when we look at Vipassana, so let's just talk about Vipassana for a few moments, minutes maybe. Vipassana, insight, meditation, we use this word insight a lot. And so Vipassana is the practice of insight. Penetrative seeing, being able to see into what often is described as the nature of experience. Cutting through the past and the future and the stories and the self and all of that mental proliferation that preoccupies much of our awareness and attention to see uh, that experience, the mind-body process, literally does actually arise and pass away in every moment. But as we become identified with different aspects of what arises, we, we create a stream of consciousness and a kind of storyline. And I am a person sitting here, doing a practice, having some thoughts, making plans. So we, because we are identif- identified with what arises and passes away, it creates a kind of subjective reality. No big surprise there. But that, that can go a variety of ways. So part of insight is to be able to see into the truth of things, the reality of things, the dharma of things. Dharma here meaning the smallest unit of discernible experience. Deconstructing experience to the, the, the sensation of an in-breath, the arising of a thought, the arising of a sense of resistance in the body, the sense of, a, of an emotion, of a fear, of a pain being able to really kind of identify it in its lowest common denominator. Rather than being a person sitting here having an experience, I'm a person sitting here having an experience, it's a painful experience, it's a bad experience. Why am I always a person sitting here having a bad experience? I should be having a good experience, but I'm not. That's being caught up in, identified by what's happening, what's arising. And oftentimes not a whole lot of metta there. And one of the things about these, um, what, are, what are called the characteristics, the Buddha pointed out, that there's three characteristics that all phenomenon, all dhammas, share. And these three characteristics I can find to be very stabilizing, or unstabilizing, I mean, kind of break us down. So all, all experience is characterized by impermanence, by anicca, not absolute. There's nothing that can be reduced to an absolute, permanent, fixed. It's like, this is this. Nothing has that. Everything has a quality of change. Everything. 
So experience itself is actually moving. This is why I, I'm reluctant to use the term present moment, because I don't believe such a thing exists. I've yet to find it. <laughs> I've been looking for it for quite some time. It's, it's arising, it's arising, it becomes concrete, it breaks down, and, then, and so it's just like, to actually be with experience, to be with experience is to be with change itself. To be with aging, rising, in-breath, falling, out-breath, sound arising, passing away, thought arising, passing away, everything arising and passing away, one moment at a time. But we, 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 we try to connect dots, and we get caught in a storyline or a narrative, or it's like, it's like this. We try to <clears throat> download our subjective reality and say, experience is like this, life is like this, and I'm like this. That's a tough one to give up. So everything is changing, everything is arriving and falling, and, and there's actually some degree of loss in every moment. Which can be, you know, a little scary and upsetting and destabilizing. So can we bring a meta quality? Can we smile at the universe? So, there's nothing to have, there's nothing to get rid of. So everything is characterized by that. So when we start to practice metta vipassana, we try to bring that perspective and that sense of ease towards change, one moment at a time, which takes tremendous patience. Time does not move very quickly, as I'm sure you've been very aware. And that's just experience unfolding. It's your life. This is your life. Welcome. You've made it. This is it. There's this, uh, I was at this Thich Nhat Hanh monastery in San Diego a few years ago, beautiful monastery called Deer Park. And, and you go into Deer Park, they have the big altar up, up in the back, and there's this big sign in that kind of Zen-style black writing that says, this is it. And for like three days, I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and then it hit me one day in the morning, we were meditating, I was like, I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> it's like I arrived in my life for the first time in 43 years. <laughs> oh, you mean like right here? <laughs> this is it. This is what you've been looking for. And to try to do that with a sense of kindness and friendliness. So we have, so that, that's, that's a characteristic that is going to be a constant companion for you, change and permanence. And permanence hard at work in every moment. Permanence never takes a break. It's always there. Just keeping things going. Hard at work. Poor impermanence never gets a break. <laughs> right. And then dukkha, this dukkha term which, as a characteristic, we have to be careful that we don't think of dukkha as derogatory or bad. The Buddha actually never speaks of dukkha as being bad or wrong or derogatory. He just <laughs> talks about it as being there. And that because everything is changing, nothing's reliable. Nothing lasts. There's no permanent, there's nothing in this universe that will 
satisfy us for the long haul. Which on one hand is very, very maybe disappointing, and on another hand very relieving. Of like, oh. So I don't have to cling to anything. I can't. You can't have anything. What have you ever had? We don't get to have anything. But again, do we want what we actually do have, which is right here, right now, all the time? It's a characteristic of experience. It's built into the fabric of the universe. Change, unreliability. And then the one that's even more challenging is anatta. The Buddha says all experience is anatta, is not self. It's not you. Life is not this thing that is happening to you. It is not this thing that you are creating. It's like that gestalt picture. You know this gestalt picture when you look at it, it's two heads. And if you kind of do this funny thing with your eyes, it's two candlesticks. That's self and not self. Depends how you look at it. If I look at my experience, I can look at my experience and see self. I can look at my experience and see this character, Dave Smith, who seems to be all around a lot. Or I can look at it and see it as a sensation in a body, an in-breath, a thought, a memory. I can see it from both perspectives. It's like, like, it's like this illusion that we could describe as something maybe like the Big Dipper. Now, if you go out and look at the sky, you just see a bunch of white dots and black space, right? But if somebody goes out there and says, hey, check it out, there's this thing called the Big Dipper. And you look up and you see, you see how these stars go like this? And there's like a little cup and there's a, a handle that comes down. Do you see that? You go, oh, yeah, I see that. Once you see that, it's hard to look back up at that and just see black, white dots in the sky. Because you're like, no, that's the Big Dipper. And the self is very much like that. Because you've seen that illusion so much of the time, it's hard to see through it. So it's both and. It's not not self. Like It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a trick of the mind. And it can be the most beautiful aspect of our lives. We can feel really good about ourselves. We can feel happy about ourselves. We can feel appreciated by other people. Or we can not experience that. It's anatta. None of those ways. We can't pin the self down. You just can't. You try really hard. and go, no, no, that, that, that's me. That's the me. I don't know why we always end up like trying to define ourselves through the worst one that we come up with. <laughs> That's tragic. Right. The bad meditator me, the I shouldn't have come on this retreat me, the who do I think I am me, nobody understands me me. The suffering, there's a lot of suffering in that. And you can't hold on to it, you can't keep that story going. So you drop that story, you pick up another story. You drop that story, you pick up another story. You get tired of all your stories, you write a new story. That's anatta, that is not-self. So it's really in the middle of that. It's just, again, understanding the limitations of self, but it's also a thing. 
Sometimes people use this not-self teaching as a kind of spiritual bypass. Like, well, if there's a not-self, I just... We're still responsible for the self. We have to take care of the self. We have to respect it. But we can't be defined by it either. So, just as the mind arises and passes away in every moment, the self arises and passes away in every moment. So how do you bring metta to that? So the goal is to bring metta to that phenomenon. To all phenomenon. That's what I call, can, can we actually smile at the universe? Whatever arises, we, we, we see, may I be at ease with this? It's going to change. It's not going to provide permanent happiness. It's not me. It's not a reflection of me. It has nothing to do with me. <clears throat> we take experience so personally. And so when we, when we look at these characteristics and we don't have a meta kind of attitude or quality, it can really kind of throw us out. We have a psychological breakdown. There's no me and it's just all rising and falling away. I've had these experiences on retreat before. Sometimes they call it dissolution in Buddhist tradition. Where we kind of, we break through all of these constructs and we really kind of, what I, sometimes they call stream entry. Which can be very pleasant and kind of liberating. It can be horrifying. So we want to try to keep, we want to lean back into, we want to try to stabilize going into this, these ideas, into this practices with some kindness and some friendliness and some ease. It's okay. <coughs> and so in this way, in, in this way, when I practice Metta Vipassana or I teach Metta Vipassana, I use Metta as the anchor. Not the breath, not the body. I use this sense of kindness and ease that you've all experienced <coughs> and have cultivated probably so much of you have no idea. And then we just look, we just see. Are, th- it's ch- are things changing? Sounds coming and going. The in-breath, the rising and passing. Ideas coming and going. <coughs> That's how it is. That's what's happening. So there's a present time experience of watching and being with that almost touching it. The Buddha uses this term paso, contact, to actually touch experience with the mind-body and see, oh, it's moving around. And to be with experience is also to be with some degree of, of difficulty or, or challenge. Or there's, Oftentimes there's something about being here that's not so easy or pleasant. So can that be okay? I think in, in a really colloquial way we would say that it's really just this practice of coming to terms with our humanity. Just in this human experience. This human experience rising and passing away. With a friendly, smiling kind of attitude. So this will be the practice here this morning. 
and you can take this into the rest of your day because we are going to the schedule is lifted after this so the next bell you'll hear after the end of this session will be the lunch bell so part of it is as you go out there will be able to kind of just work from this framework it doesn't matter where you go what you do whether you sit in here whether you go for a walk whether you sit under a tree just trying to watch to remember to recognize these these aspects and seeing them in everything, seeing them in sight, seeing them in sound and taste and color and sensation and mind and heart and body. So we'll do some practice on that here now and I'll bring uh, instruction to everything I, I just sort of outlined and we can sort of try that on. So if you do want to stand or allow your body to adjust in whatever way you feel is important, Just finding a, a seated posture that feels supportive. And we'll start and end with the bell. And sometimes it can be interesting and helpful to just use the bell as a way to corroborate or to verify impermanence yourself. See if you can notice the moment the sound of the bell arises and to allow yourself to experience hearing. And even see if you can be aware, if you can recognize the moment the sound of the bell disappears. And as you find yourself making contact with your own direct experience in this present time awareness, just feeling into your heart and your body and extending a sense of ease 
gladness, goodness, matter. Doesn't matter how large or small the amount, but just the idea, the intention, this sense of presence and ease that you've been cultivating here for a week. feeling into your own sense of okayness. You're already, everything is already okay. There's nothing to have or get rid of, to fix. And if it's helpful, maybe just using this idea, this sense of acceptance, accepting the things as they are here in this moment. See if you can bring your awareness to this object of impermanence, change. To be with experience is to be with change. See if you can recognize all of the ways in which things are changing. Breathing in, breathing out different sounds rising and passing. To be at ease with change. As best you can to allow yourself to feel into the pulse of life itself. So here the object of practice is change. Focusing on change with an attitude of kindness and ease. Recognizing all of the ways in which things are moving. Life.
see if you can continue to welcome yourself and to invite yourself into your life, rising and passing. I be at ease with my life just as it is here in this moment. Allowing the object of your practice to be change and impermanence itself. Breathing in and out, remembering to recognize that to be with experience is to be with change.
and seeing the truth and the reality that what comes with change is a sense of unreliability. There's nothing here to have, nor is there anything here to get rid of. One teacher says that it's like being thrown out of an airplane and having no parachute and then realizing there's no ground. And any time we find ourselves meeting a moment of experience that feels challenging or difficult, painful, we just extend metta, kindness, towards whatever the visitor is. It's a thought, pain in the body. Just this visiting phenomena arising in our experience There's no reason to resist it or to grab it because it will self-liberate. One of the ways to extend metta vipassana to the experience is to recognize something that's arising that is agreeable, that's pleasant. Allowing your awareness to participate with the sound of the birds out in the trees in the forest that surrounds us.
and opening to become aware and to recognize with kindness this third characteristic of anatta. Noticing there's moments where there's a, a sense, a feeling of a self, and moments where there's the absence of that. And extending kindness, ease, towards any aspect of the self that feels painful, confused. I am not this body. I am not this mind. I am not this memory. I am not this. I am not this. Allowing this sense, feeling of self to arise and pass. Becoming friendly with and towards this sense. To be at ease with the self. slowly beginning to drop all sense of technique, all sense of focusing on an object. Let all that go. I'm just watching what arises and passes away. Whatever is being known, it's being known. Sound is being known. The breath is being known. Temperature is being known. Thoughts are being known. The heart is being known. Becoming a benevolent host for whatever arises in your experience. 
I see you and you're welcome here. I see you and you're welcome here. Allowing the mind to become a benevolent host, just like the great tree in the forest that provides shade towards whatever creature comes near it, even the man who comes to chop it down. Practicing in this way, allowing your mind to become a still forest pool. A still forest pool here in this beautiful mountain landscape. And as your mind becomes a still forest pool, it is said that many strange and wonderful creatures will come to drink from you. 
Hello, sound. Hello, sleepiness. Hello, discomfort. Good to see you again. Judgment. Hello, judgment. Hello, compassion. Hello, gratitude. All of this phenomena arising. We just cultivate and hold this still forest pool of the mind. Creatures come and they go. Hello, doubt. Hello, mindfulness. Hello, Bell. The friendliest sound of all. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.